0: Evan Perlman, welcome to Roll to Metal. Hello. how are you? I'm good. How are you today?
1: Okay. Good. I got some sleep, so I'm doing okay.
0: Yeah. Uh, So let's just start with who are you and what do you do?
1: Sure. Um, So I'm Evan. Uh, I started out in the role-playing world doing community content stuff for 7th Sea. Uh, which was my first love. And I would still love to play that again at some point. Uh, and then I fell into Call of Cthulhu um, because I found that every time I played 7C, I was adding harder to it. I thought, well, you know, may as well just lean into the heart um, and have been working pretty consistently in that. Um, so I write scenarios. I write um, supplements. I organize group projects. Um, I have a source book for Baltimore coming out from Chaosium sometime before the heat death of the universe Oh, Which is exciting. Um, yeah. some really nice scenarios in there one by me one by uh, John Hook and one by Bridget Jeffries um, all really good some of them heartbreaking you know it's, it's nice uh, and then just yeah and that's that's where I am I'm writing things as I can trying to keep it as a hobby uh, and not let it eat my life because then it becomes work and then I feel bad if I start missing deadlines um but Uh, no, I've I've gone, I've gone astray from the initial question, but that's, that's where I am. I I write things because they're fun. And, uh, because
0: I like doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I good, that's a good foundation for doing anything. I hope, uh, uh, so you're here for two reasons, really. Uh, the first is you wrote the scenario dream house that we've started airing here on, on the show. So I guess my question there is, um, without spoilers, because there there could be spoilers in this answer, um, where did the spark of Dreamhouse come from?
1: So I had played... No, you know what? I actually was never a player, in... but it, it is a tribute to uh, the classic um called cthulhu scenario the haunting and i think i can say that much without giving anything away because that's in the marketing copy on the on the thing itself um a couple of years ago i was like oh 40th anniversary of call of cthulhu is coming up um and it would be neat to sort of take this iconic scenario and do something different with it um and i have this weird brain sickness where i can't just do a straight thing Right, it's got to be an inversion or a subversion or playing with it in some way, Um, using rules in new ways, sort of subverting expectations, and that's what I wanted to do with this. Um, Was something that kind of took a a you know hoary old tradition of the game because I think everyone and their mother has played The Haunting at this point, Um, and took it in a new direction, and that's. Really important to me with everything that I'm doing in Call of Cthulhu is to try to do something weird with it, try to open up a new avenue for what can be done with the system, um, and and the game as a whole. Uh, and so I tested a couple of times. It tested well with my with my groups locally, uh, and then it just came together. And it has, uh, at least on the page, it has you know kind of the emotional uh, beat points that I like to put in scenarios you know, I'd like to make you, make you feel not just, not just cringe and terror. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So then as someone who's writing and getting your scenarios out there, what is it about this idea that made you think this, maybe I should write this and publish this rather than just sort of play it with some friends or maybe bring it around to conventions or something? Why is this uh, a wider, why does this go wider?
1: That's that's a great question. Uh, Part of it is, I'll be honest, everything that I write now, I ultimately want to publish, whether it's pitched to Chaosium or out on the Miskatonic um, or in some other way, partly because I don't have a lot of time for playing on my own. Um, I've got two little kids. My nights are mostly spoken for. It's very hard for me to have a regular game. And so my my avenue into the hobby is putting these things out there. Sharing with with folks like you, with folks like um, you know the Miscatonic Repository Convention. Um, I don't get to travel to conventions that much. It's just it's just where I am in my life right now, and so I don't have that release of oh I'm going to take this to my local group, or I'll run this at the local shop, or I'll take it out to um, Chaosium Con or Gen Con or something. Um, and so the way that I feel connected to the gaming world, the horror game world as a whole, is by putting things out uh, in some kind of published way. Mm. Um, there's a little bit of danger in that right where you sort of you can't just do something anymore you've got to kind of be thinking about how can i present this nicely um you know what are people going to expect what support are they going to need um but it's not been too bad and i've i've so far managed to put a reasonable expectation on what i put out there like this is about how much effort this particular thing needs to go on the repository Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of how it, that, that's maybe just for me, but it, really everything I do is, is going out into the world.
0: Yeah. So how has the process been for you going through the Miskatonic repository onto drive-thru RPG? It's a, it's a program. If listeners are not familiar with it, uh, Chaosium set up this easy way, relatively easy way for folks like us, to write up a scenario for call of Cthulhu seventh edition and to get it out in the world. How have you found that process as a, as a writer independent publisher?
1: Yeah. It's extremely easy to put things out. Um, they casting has very few restrictions on what you can do. Um, you know, you just stay away from sort of abusing IPs that they don't own. Um, you stay away from inappropriate content and you're basically fine. Um, You know, the challenge is how much, again, like how much effort do you want to put into it? Do you want to hire someone to edit it? Do you want to hire someone for layout? Or do you want to do what I think many of us did with our first piece, which is basically just you write it up in Microsoft Word, try to get it to fit onto the template file and hit go. Um, And I think that's true of everyone in in every endeavor, whether it's writing or podcasting, you know, your first couple of things in, in retrospect look like garbage. Um, but maybe not yours. I haven't listened oh. to your Oh no, reporting. mine,
0: mine too. Mine too.
1: <laughs> you know, but you, but you, you know, you don't want to let that, um, let you down. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm learning over time. I'm learning what, um, gets popular. I am wrestling with how much I want to let that affect what projects I pursue, um, I don't yet have the marketing hype machine that a lot of folks have, and I'm not sure I want to put the effort into develop that. If I'm being honest, I'm a, I'm a shy person, right? And so, like mm-hmm. for me, I'm very happy when I put something out and it goes copper in like a month. Copper yeah. that sell it um, on the, on this kind of this Katana repository is fifty copies. So there's little benchmarks there. Um, you know, some people have have the the wherewithal to kind of hype up their product and advertise it for weeks before it comes out. And I just, I don't have that energy. Uh, I, I just can't do it. (laughs) So, you know, I put it out there, I I hype it up in a couple of groups and it does what it does. Um, But for me, it's been really gratifying. I think having access to the Chaosium name to their branding is hugely helpful. I think if I put this out as a system agnostic thing, it would probably not reach anyone because um, you just don't have that automatic audience built in that you get when you're using the publisher. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't want to spend too much time on finances. Like financially, uh, on the community content programs, you're usually sharing proceeds 50-50 with Chaosium and yourself. uh, That limits what it's financially viable to do if you're concerned about making money. Um, again, I've been very fortunate for me. This is a hobby. So if I lose money net on a project and it's not bankrupting me, that's fine. Uh, as long as it looks nice. But for people that are trying to do it full time, that's a harder decision on on whether to use the repository or, or try to go it on your own.
0: Right. And I think that flows into the, the second reason why you're here. You just published something, yeah. uh, an anthology called Hometown Horrors Volume 1. So, let's just start with what is Hometown Horrors.
1: Hometown Horrors Vinemont is a collection of 15 little write-ups uh, about 500 words a piece from all different kinds of authors. Um, I went out, I put out a call. I said, "I just want to know what is weird and scary about your hometown." Either the place where you grew up or the place where you've lived for a while, and people responded. The response was incredible. I think we had over 30 people at express interest. Um, Due to scheduling, we ultimately whittled it down to about 21, uh, no, uh, 31 people, excuse me, um, which will between volume one and volume two. And it's a little bit like, uh, so I grew up in New Jersey and there's this magazine called Weird New Jersey, uh, which was kind of a Bible for the weird kids in New Jersey at our time. Uh, it's, it's just a collection of like the folklore, the, the weird little, you know, like the, the traditional stuff, like the Jersey devil and the folk monsters and the cryptids down to like the weird bridge that if you put your car in neutral there, you'll feel like you're rolling up a hill. Um, and that's what I wanted because in, in call of Cthulhu, right. The established iconic places or the new England places, you know, you get like your Boston and your Arkham and your Kingsport, but you don't have oftentimes a, a, a celebration of places that feel real um i've done a source book i've done i did it for baltimore it'll be out one day it was fun it was a ton of work um and it and it helped me to think about the place where i live um through that lens of what is what is the horror around here you know what's the spooky stuff the weird stuff what's the history of where i live um, and so that was the call. I, I went on the Miskatonic Repository Creators Group on Facebook. I said, hey, I'm thinking about this project. I want you to do a little bit of research and tell me what's weird about your town. Um, if you were an investigator and your car broke down uh, you know, in Circleville, Ohio, or if you went to Martha's Vineyard or the Jersey Shore for the beach, what would you find there? What trouble could you get up to there? Uh, and I think it's been... You know, as far as the enthusiasm, I think it's been tremendous. People are excited to write. You wrote a wonderful uh, piece for it, Martha's Vineyard, which I appreciate. Thank you. Um, We had a number of first-time authors, which is something I'm very excited about. I really like encouraging people to... Take that step into writing and publishing, and that's something I like to do for people is is to kind of help guide and say, okay, I think this is very well done. You may want to beef this up a little bit, or you know, let's try something a little different here. So, sort of that developmental piece, um, I enjoy doing for others. And uh, and so here we are. Volume one has come out. We are seventy percent of the way to copper after about a week on the market, um, and volume two should be out around Labor Day. Um, those are mostly, those are all written. They just need to be edited and then we'll go to
0: layout. Yeah. You, you mentioned this a little bit ago, but when I got my copy of hometown horrors, volume one, uh, I was so happy to see the amount of attention to detail in the layout, Mm -hmm. all, all of the images. It wasn't these, this is not a, like you said earlier, this is not a, a word document filled with text. There's so many images And it's really easy to read. It's easy to find the information you want. So, and there, uh, like you were saying before, it's really easy to not do that, to not put the time and the energy and the money into making sure that this kind of indie RPG publishing project actually looks good. So talk about your, I mean, you already did a little bit, but what was your process, the, the priority there of making this something that people look at? They open it or they look at the preview and they're like, oh, this is a real thing.
1: Sure. So I originally, I just was going to contract out for a cover. I was going to try to do the layout myself. Um, I've been learning Affinity Publisher, which is a infinitely, infinitely better way to do it than Microsoft Word. I will never in my life ever again try to do layout in Microsoft Word. Um, and I had the program open and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at 15 different entries plus credit pages and citation pages. And you know what? If I try to do this myself, A, it's not going to look that great. It'll be, you know, sort of workmanlike, but it's not going to be beautiful. And B, it's going to take me six months. So this was not something I'd anticipated when organizing the project, but I went to um, Alex Key. You know, I've only ever seen his name in print. I'm realizing now. Uh, It's either Guillot or Gillot or something like that. And Alex, if you ever hear this, I apologize, but it's G-U-I-L-L-O- TTE, um, who has done phenomenal work. Uh, he's a writer, he's a layout artist, and a cover artist. Um, and he was willing to to do it, and he showed me a preview, and it blew my mind because it was so much more dynamic and beautiful than what I had envisioned. You know, when I think about layout, it's like, okay, I can put a text box here, I can fit everything on one page. When someone who really knows what they're doing thinks about layout, it's it enhances the text it's it communicates something on its own separate and apart from what the text is communicating and it's a real skill um i felt it was worth investing in for this project because i wanted to honor the work of the writers um i wanted to sort of make it something that that keepers and other people would be would be excited to pick up and use and i didn't feel like i could get it to that level on my own
0: mm. um
1: yeah, that's
0: that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're thinking like a real publisher, and not yeah. <laughs> and not just someone who's like, yeah, I wrote this thing, I'll put it up. Yeah, yeah. So the reason we're I wanted to talk to you about hometown horrors is because on the uh, Roll to Metal is going to start doing a series of bonus uh, actual plays where we sort of work through much of the book, if not all of it. I have to get permission from all the authors sure. first, uh, but. The book is filled with a lot of small, I, I don't want to say small ideas, but bite-sized ideas, <laughs> hooks, as compared to full campaign scenarios or something. So here's, here's our, our RPG GM conversation. Are you the kind of GM that likes hooks or do you want fully written scenarios in front of you? Are you that kind of an improver that you can say, all right, the idea is this. I had a little bit of time to think about it and now I can go, or do you want the full book when you, when you're ready to run a game?
1: That's that's a great question. Me personally, uh, in my idealized form, I'm an improver and I could take a paragraph long hook and spin out two, three hours worth of play. Um, in reality, I'm a little shy and a little bit, you know, still finding my GM feet, even though I've, you know, run the game probably 30 or 40 times now. Um, you know, I think what, if I, if I, if I were coming to this book, not knowing anything about it, what I would do with my personal style is I would probably take the hook and then spend a little time spinning out, um, written notes for myself. Cause I tend to run a game off of outlines. Um, Mm -hmm. you'll find like in dream house, I use a lot of bullet points, uh, because that's how I run things at the table. So what I would do is I would take, uh, some of those, those short hooks that we have in the book. And I would say, this is great. I now have in my head the entire shape of the scenario, but I, for me personally, I would need to write it down first. So I would need a couple of days to, to prep something, make sure that I have a clue trail. Um, you know, make sure I have sort of various workable approaches for different skills um, skill mixes. There are, you know, I've seen people do it. I know Mike Mason has done it at conventions, just improvise an entire scenario off mm. of, you know, a couple of keywords. Um, and I yearn to be that kind of person one day. Um, may have to take some improv classes one day, but I don't have the confidence yet as a GM. I'm just not there.
0: That's funny. We were actually just looking through uh, the local community college course catalog last night, and there's an improv class that I think yeah. I'm going to take for GMing. Just like yeah. going and learn that stuff because mm-hmm. you want to be you want to be able to tell these stories. You know.
1: Yeah. I have a I have a friend. Um, I will not name him to avoid shaming him, but he is a contributor to the hometown hard. Group. Uh, and he is a phenomenal GM and a phenomenal improver. He used to do improv, you know, semi-professionally in Chicago. And I have been begging him to run a improv for GMs class specifically.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, he can do it online or whatever. Um he, his life is quite busy. If someone else is very good at improv and wants to run an improv for GMs class, I guarantee you you can make enough to take yourself on a nice trip somewhere. Um, it's a great class, one that I would probably take myself.
0: Yeah. So I think as we, as we wrap up here, um, uh, is there, if, if folks are interested in looking you up and seeing more of your work, would you encourage them to go to drive through or do you have a, a specific place that you send people?
1: I think right now drive through is the best place you can search for Evan Perlman on drive through RPG. Um, I do have a blog it's colossalstories.blogspot.com. Um, I don't, very well. It's not, I don't have a ton of posts on it, but it does have um, a page that lists all of the projects that I've worked on. So you can find it there as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, otherwise you can, I, I, friend people on Facebook. I'm very indiscriminate about it. Like a much older person. I'm just really bad about pruning my Facebook list. Yeah. Um, and I lurk on Twitter, but Twitter makes me angry. So I don't post there a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, awesome. This was, this yeah. was fun. Thank you so much for coming on and, and talking about your writing. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.